Welcome to the Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Ancheim at Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Bashalach. Where is Nachshon when you need him? There's a, a phrase in the Israeli army that is used by the officers, which is Acharai, after me, which is a very powerful statement that in the Israeli army, the generals don't stay in the back, but the leaders are up front. So they are setting the example for their troops, and they're saying is, follow me, Acharag. And that idea is really very much part of Jewish thought from the very start. All of our great leaders have been people who have led from the front, and people followed behind them. They weren't just telling people, go here or go there. They were always on the front lines. And in this week's portion, you really have a sense of that, of what it means to lead and how do you inspire people then to also want to go forward. So this week, the children of Israel are literally between a rock and a hard place. They're out of Egypt. They've had the first Passover. They're marching proudly. And suddenly when they look in their rearview mirror, there's Pharaoh and his armed chariots chasing after them. And they're standing in front of a body of water. So they really have nowhere to go. They are literally trapped and kind of easy prey for Pharaoh and his army. They cry out to Moses, isn't this what we told you? That was it for lack of graves in Egypt, Moses, that you took us out here? In other words, there weren't enough graves in Egypt, so we have to be buried out here now. Why didn't you just leave us alone? Why did you do all of this? And Moses stands up very proudly and says, open your eyes and watch what the Lord is going to do for you this day. And he then says, okay, God, not exactly in those words, do your stuff. And God says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to march forward. I want you to think about that. If you and I were standing next to each other in this moment, and Moses said, okay, everybody, start walking into the water and God will take care of you. I can imagine that we might look at each other and say, huh? Yeah, this is your plan. Uh, <laughs> um, you go first and something starts to happen, then I'll follow you, right? Show me um, that you've got a plan here. And I think that... Uh, you know, that's one of the challenges of leadership is that um, it's hard to get people to follow you. And it's very easy to uh, become the subject of criticism and, and the doubts become channeled on the leader. So that presents a real problem when the leader doesn't necessarily know what to do next. There's no question. And how often have leaders found themselves in exactly the position of Moses? They haven't really been bringing the people along with them in a sense of connectedness. They've just been kind of pushing forward or kind of running ahead. The question is, has is anyone inspired to act? I mean, the way the Torah tells it, the people actually just begin to walk out there and the water splits and they go forward. But in the Midrash, which often shows the rabbinic understanding of the text, kind of giving you the color commentary, saying, well, this is what's really going on here. The people are clamoring against each other and panic. And one man by the name of Nachshon walks out into the water in a very famous story. The water comes up to his chest and people are beside themselves with fear. Remember, the Egyptian army is coming toward them. And now the water's up to his chin and still nothing's happened. The water's up to his lips, nothing happens. And as soon as the waters touch his nostrils, the water splits and the sea opens. And the power of the story is not only that Moses 
inspired someone to act that other people believed as he did. The real piece of that story is that God doesn't do parlor tricks for you. God isn't going to continue to dig you out or kind of take care of you that way. If you want to go forward, if you really want to embrace the future, then you have to also be willing to take the risks and kind of embrace your own destiny. Yeah, you know, I really find this fascinating for so many reasons. One of the reasons I find it fascinating is that it's really also a lesson in storytelling. And, you know, we tell these stories after they happened, of course, right? We write these things down sometimes, you know, long after they've happened and we know how they end. So the stories seem to make sense and seem to be logical when in fact to be living in the moment, um, in any of these moments, whether we're talking about American involvement in World War II or whether we're talking about the decision to, um, just to, to fight a war over slavery, whether we're talking about the parting of the Red Sea, there was chaos. There was doubt. There was nobody knew how it was going to end. And the leaders in those moments were full of doubt, probably too. We forget all of the uncertainty that, that lives within these stories because we're, we're telling them after we know the outcome. That's true. But at the same time, we can look at our own American history. We can look at the history of Israel and see that there have been Nachshon moments when there's been that one person who's been willing to go out there and dispel all of our fears. Think oh, no question. The, think about the early astronauts. The abolitionists, right? The people who were clearly out in front and knew they were out in front. And knew that it was highly unlikely that they were going to succeed, but they were going to die trying, right? They weren't going back. I mean, if you think about Nachshon, Nachshon was making a statement. He's saying, I've come this far. I'm putting my trust in God, and I'm walking forward, literally, hell or high water. And so it's a really interesting moment of how do you really understand this moment? And what happens when you're willing, you're, you're unwilling to go back? I am not going back there, right? So I'm going forward no matter what. And I think about King, and I think about it. I mean, he's that Nachshon, right? He put himself out there. He put himself in danger. And the fact is, is that he died as a result of that, but he moved us forward. He moved us forward and the sea split enough that we began to be able to see what's out there in front of us. Yeah, that's right. And these guys, King, um, the, the astronauts, John Brown, there's a great new TV series, uh, The Good Lord Bird about John Brown. They said quite clearly that they were willing to give their lives and that, uh, as, you know, as King famously said, if you don't, if you're not willing to die for something, then you probably don't have anything worth living for. And there's a decision there that your goal here, the thing that you're working for is more important than, than your own life. And that's to me the epitome of courage. That's humility and sacrifice and, and bravery all right there as plain as can be seen. And what's so interesting is as you were talking, I was thinking, well, what's the water now? What does the sea look like? Some could interpret it as social media. If you are willing to say something because you're afraid that you're going to be pilloried, either from the left or from the right, and so I'll just say nothing, then you fail. And we get cowed into not expressing ourselves and at times misrepresenting what we actually think because we're too afraid to say 
what should be said. Yeah, the risks are much greater today because everything can be amplified and you can make one mistake. If right now I, I had one little mistake and said something, uh, even in our podcast for our millions of listeners, I could have my reputation destroyed. It happens so quickly now because of social media. And, and for some people, they, they love having that megaphone and they're, they're unafraid to take those chances. But other people, I think, are afraid to express their opinions because of that multiplier effect. And yet, if you look at the state of our country right now, the consequences for not acting, for not being that noxion, are significant because we find ourselves kind of going down some very negative roads as a result of that. I want to kind of keep us at least thinking that noxion isn't just a character created by the rabbis, but are developed by the rabbis, but really he is part of who we are. Like, where's your inner Nachshon? When are, you, when are you going to take that step that you're not going to follow everybody, but you're going to lead, that you're going to take people forward? And I think that if we began thinking along those lines, saying, well, you know, good for him. He took the risk. It's not me. What happens in a society when we, we have followers and no leaders? And does the example set by Nachshon inspire the others to be more bold and to take part in the fight for what they believe in? Well, I, they think they, I, think it's a, I think it's a process. I think it's a process. They do follow, but it takes time. They're right in front of them. They see what one person can accomplish. They're not without a cost, but they do cross over. And that makes all the difference. And so, in a way, these are archetypal stories that follow us from generation to generation. What is our sea of reeds that needs to be split right now? What are we going to do? I mean, we've got a vaccine out there, and we'll see where it goes. There are lots of people who are decrying it. And look, in the African-American community, there is a lot of controversy about taking this vaccine for good reason. The uh, black experience with medicine in the United States has not been a positive one. And so who's the knock shown in that community? And you can kind of go from community to community and go into the halls of Congress, right? Who's going to be the knock shown there? In every aspect of life, who's going to be that person who's going to take the risk and say, I'm doing this because I believe in something more. Yeah. And more importantly, I think, you know, not asking who's going to do it, but what am I going to do? What am I going to stand up for? Where, where, where's my sea that I'm going to wade into? Well, that's the question of the hour. And let's hope we find our inner noxion and that in the in public space and in an elected leadership and in the clergy, we're going to find that our leaders will be the ones who will say, Aharai, after me, and set the example. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. <laughs>